Once there was a time when all the elements of earth, sea, and sky lived on the land together in many, many villages. Many years ago, back in the old country, there lived a holy, sweet couple who loved each other so very much. A long time ago, in a village, somewhere in Tamil Nadu, there lived a monkey. There was once a man, tall and handsome, who met a, a woman, beautiful and elegant, and they fell in love with each other. Once upon a time and welcome to the Story Story Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Harding, and I have some stories for you. This is a podcast to hear traditional stories told by some of the best storytellers in the world. It will take you to long ago and far away and will bring you back safely. First Friday in Denver, it's a party on Santa Fe Street. The art galleries throw their doors open wide and warm light spills onto the street. Music invites the wandering crowds into the galleries. I wandered into a carpet warehouse with rows and rows of carpet in low light, ran my hands across beautiful textures and designs. As I made my way to the back of the store, I came across a stack of small carpets priced at a discount. On top of the pile was a beautiful carpet, intricate designs in red and blue with tassels hanging off the end. I sat down on top of the pile and sighed. This would look beautiful in my library. And then... It shifted under me, and in a moment I was hovering above the ground. This episode has stories you might know but haven't heard in quite this way. This first story is by Noor Dooley, storyteller, educator, critically acclaimed children's author, and creator of Stories Live, as well as the co founder of Massmouth, the Greater Boston Story Slam series. This is Little Daughter and is an old version of a well known story. Stories, like my neighbors, have traveled the world over. And there are many, many stories all over the world of little girls and wolves. This particular one has come to us from Africa with the African hostages. And it came to the southern part of this country. And now I bring it to you. It's Little Daughter and the Wolf. Now, Little Daughter, she was a good girl. She was a clever girl. And sometimes, but not often, she did as she was told. Little Daughter lived with her mama and her papa down a long dirt road on a small little farmstead. They had a nice little house with a little yard around it, with a fence around that yard, big fields all around, and then the deep, dark woods surrounded them. Now, sometimes, this being olden times, Mama and Papa would say to Little Daughter, We're going into town to sell the vegetables, darling. You stay right in here. You stay right inside the yard. Don't you be going outside the fence. And Little Daughter would say, Why, yes, Mama. Why, yes, Papa. What occasion would I have to be going anywhere? And Mama and Papa would say, That's right. You don't, so stay put. So this one day when Mama and Papa had gone into town to sell the vegetables. Little Daughter was sitting on her front step singing her favorite song. Tray pla, tray pla, come quacky mo. Tray pla, tray pla, come quacky mo. Well, she was just sitting there singing and she couldn't help but notice as she sat that just on the other side of the gate was some beautiful daylilies growing. And she loved flowers almost more than she loved her mama. And she loved her mama fine. (laughs) 
Well, she thought to herself, what problem could there be? I mean, what trouble could it cause? If I just go outside the gate and pick those flowers, I'm practically inside the yard. So she went outside and started picking those flowers. But while she was on the other side of the gate, she couldn't help but notice that on the other side of the dirt road, just at the beginning of the fields, were some more daylilies, even prettier than the first. And she thought to herself, well, what trouble could it cause? What problem could there be? When I'm on the other side of the road, I'm almost at the gate, which is practically in the yard. So she went to the other side of the road and started picking those two, singing her song. She couldn't help but notice as she sang that in the middle of the field, there were some beautiful sunflowers. And she thought to herself, next. Really, what trouble could there be? What problem could it cause? When I'm in the middle of the field, I can see the side of the road, and from the side of the road, you're just almost at the gate where you're practically inside the yard. So she started picking those sunflowers, and while she was in the middle of the field, she could notice down the side of the hill there was a little stream, and by that stream were some beautiful blue iris growing. And she thought to herself, well now, If I go down to that stream, I can still see the middle of the field. From the middle of the field, you're almost at the side of the road. From the side of the road, you're just about to the gate where you're practically inside the yard. So what trouble could it be? What problem could it cause? And she went down there and she started to pick those blue iris too. Well, while she was down by that stream, just across the stream in a little ways, you could see the deep dark woods. And there was a little path going into the deep dark woods. And on that path, shining like just like jewels, were these white flowers with red stripes and gold stripes on them. They were like lilies. In fact, little daughter had never seen any flowers like this before because she'd never been in the deep, dark woods before. And she thought to herself, my, 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 what trouble could there be? I mean, what problem could they cause if I were to go just a little ways, mine, just a little ways into the deep, dark woods to pick those flowers? Because from there, I can see the stream, and from the stream, you're almost in the middle of the field, and from the middle of the field, you're practically at the side of the road where you're almost inside the yard. So she went into the deep, dark woods, and she started singing her song and just looking at those flowers, studying those flowers because they were so beautiful. She heard behind her, and a big old wolf jumped right over her head, and he was so tall that his eyes were looking right into her eyes. He had big orange googly eyes, and one of his ears was chewed down, and he had long matted gray fur, and he had a big mouth full of yellow pointy teeth and a big long red tongue, and he looked little daughter right in the eye, and she looked him right back again, and he said to her, little girl, and she said, yes, sir. He said, little girl, sing that song for me again. Oh, little daughter had been singing her song while she was looking at those flowers, and she had a little trouble even remembering it. But she said, my song? And he said, yes, sing that song for me again. And she said, oh, oh my, yes, well, Trebla, Trebla, Kwakimo. She started singing her song, and she was a little, 
little bit weak in her song, but I tell you, that wolf loved that song. He started right away swaying in time to it. And when she saw that, she got stronger and she started singing, Tripla, Tripla, Kumqua, Kimo. That old wolf, why, he curled round and round in a circle like a dog does when it's fixing to take a nap. And then he put his big old ugly head on his big old ratty paws and his eyes got heavier and heavier and then they shut and little daughter she didn't stop singing until she heard a wolfy snore and when she heard that she took one step back she took another step back and she turned as fast as her little feet could carry her and she started running. She hopped right over that stream. She went running right up the side of that hill. She was practically to the sunflowers when she heard behind her, rum, 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 and that big old wolf jumped right over her head and he stood in front of her and he said, little girl. And she said, yes, sir. He said, little girl, did you move? And she said, oh my goodness, what occasion would I have to be moving? And the wolf said, well, good, 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 so. So, little girl, sing your sweetest, goodest song again. And so, little daughter said, Ah, why, yes, sir, I'll sing it. And she started to sing, Trebla, Trebla, Kumqua, Kimo. Well, that old wolf, he curled up. And he put his big old head on his big old paws. And she sang, Trebla, Trebla, Kumqua, Kimo. Kumqua, Kimo, Kimo, Kumqua, Kimo. His big orange googly eyes, they shut. She listened for one snore. And another one, just to be sure. And then she took one step back. She took another step back, and she turned around, and she ran as fast as she could. She went running right across that field. She went running right up to that road. She went running right up to her gate. But what a time. Let me tell you, when she got to that gate, her gate was stuck. She couldn't open it. And she heard right behind her. But before that wolf could jump over her and get in front of her while she got the gate open, and she slammed it shut, boom, right on his ow nose. And that wolf ran all the way back to the deep dark woods. And our little daughter, she was sweet and safe. Now, by and by, Mama and Papa came home. And Mama went into the kitchen and then she called little daughter. Little daughter, come here right now. And little daughter came into the kitchen and said, why, yes, Mama. And Mama said, little daughter, these are some very interesting flowers I see. And she pointed to sunflowers, irises, daylilies on the table. Oh, Mama said, little daughter, what occasion I had to learn to be good. And that's the story of a little daughter and the wolf. The fairy tale sponsor for this episode is the new book, Popper de Prince by the Marquis de Carabas. Discover the story of the man behind Puss in Boots. From his personal journals, hear about his humble beginning as a miller's gluten intolerant son who receives a cat for an inheritance. Learn about his brush with madness when his cat begins to talk and he slowly learns to trust the boot wearing feline. Learn about his harrowing dip in the glacier pool and first meeting with the king and his daughter. Read this tell-all. Discover the man behind the cat.
As the carpet lifted me lightly in the air, I took stock of my options. Jump off and walk casually away, pretending it never happened. Or, I whispered gently, take me to the ceiling. The carpet shook, shivered, and lifted me up. As my feet left the ground, I tucked them under me and looked around, as in the rafters, the carpets below me shimmered in the low light. I whispered again, take me to the river. With a swoop, I was out the door, and in the shadows of the twilight, it was beautiful, the warm air rushing around me, and... (coughs) Bug. (coughs) I ate a bug. (coughs) I started (coughs) coughing. Land, take me down now. Once my feet were on solid ground, I began (coughs) coughing up tiny wings and legs. I rolled up the rug. Next time I went up, I would keep my mouth closed. I have two more stories for this episode. The first one is a short one by Danielle Ballone, a storyteller and teacher from New Orleans. She's brought a fresh take to the ending of the classic story, Cinderella. When the prince proposed to me, shivers skated up my back. The glass was cold, my toes were cold, and there was the prince at my feet. He said, marry me. I'm somebody different already. He said, you could be queen. I said, it wasn't until this night I discovered I already am. He said, marry me. I said, all of my life I have not had a spine. I cried at the roots of my mother's tree, which grew tall and powerful. I cried and wished and was heard. And so I got to go to the ball. After midnight tonight, I came home and I cut down my mother's tree. With the same blade, I opened myself, sliced from one set of lips to the other. And then I shook out all the cotton, the sawdust, the batting, the rags, and every soft thing that ever said yes when I meant no. And in the empty places, I set branches from my mother's tree. And then I glued my skin back together with sap. And you can see where it has seeped through my dress. He said, did it hurt? I said, yes. He said, how do you stand it? I said, I am a woman. He said, marry me? I said, I'll consider it. I did enjoy the dancing, but first... Go home. Take these soft things with you. Open yourself, if you can, and shake out every hard thing that ever heard yes when someone said no. And in the empty places, set this moss, these leaves and flower petals and tufty caterpillars, and then you and I will both be filled with things that grow. He said, will it hurt? I said, probably He said, how will I stand it? I said, I don't know. But if you try, I will go dancing with you again. He said he would, and so he did. And together, we melted down the glass slippers, and we blew the glass into a vase for all of the green things that are sprouting now from our heart seams. 
And now the final story for the episode is by the wonderful storyteller Donna Washington. She is an award-winning recording artist and took a classic Aesop story and rewove it into something new. When I was a kid, I had a wonderful record that had the ant and the grasshopper on it. It was a Disney record. And it was all about how the ant queen had to give up her power at the end of the story because she wasn't as powerful as one of the ant men. I'm pretty sure that's not what that story was supposed to be about, but that's how it was on the record. And it wasn't until I got older that I thought, I don't know if I like that version of the story. And so then I went and I looked up some more versions, and, and I'm an artist, And I didn't like the whole thing with the artist being in trouble either. And I, like many other artists, have sort of monkeyed around with this story so that people see that being an artist doesn't mean you're not working. It's just a different kind of work. And so here is my version of the ant and the grasshopper. Now, the grasshopper was born into a beautiful spring, And there's no telling what he might have wanted to do with his life before the very first time he rubbed those legs together and that beautiful sound came out. Oh, that grasshopper, from the moment he heard it, he was a fiddler. That's what he was. Oh, he sat and just listened to the sound of the music. And he ate everything around him, of course. The leaves, the clover, the flowers. And it was food to be just plucked out of nowhere, and he fiddled. He fiddled and fiddled and fiddled and fiddled. He loved the sound. He fiddled for the birds as they were hatching out of their eggs. He fiddled for all of the frogs as they were getting ready to make little tadpoles. He fiddled for everything buzzing and flying, and one day he was sitting, fiddling, 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 an ant stopped him and said, what are you doing? Don't you realize that that you are wasting your time? You are wasting the wonderful time of spring. Now is the time to be working, to be gathering in, to, to be preparing for the cold weather. You can't just sit and fiddle. It's ridiculous. And the grasshopper said, oh, okay, I see. Well, you see, it's still spring. There's so much time left, and I will not waste the beautiful day working. I'll work later. And the grasshopper sat back. And he began to fiddle. And even though the ants didn't ask him to, he fiddled for them as they worked. Well, spring ended and summer began. And the little birds who had hatched in the spring, well, they were trying out their wings. And the grasshopper fiddled for them. And, and the little tadpoles were losing their tails and hopping out of the water. And the grasshopper fiddled for them. And all the birds and bugs and bees roaming around and living in the beautiful summer air. And the grasshopper fiddled for all of them. And he especially fiddled for himself. Oh, he was getting so good at it. And one day as he was sitting, fiddling and fiddling and feasting on clover, he heard, Are you still fiddling? Don't you realize the summer is going? Soon there will not be anything to eat. We ants have been doing the right thing. We have been working and working and setting aside things. You have been fiddling. Do you not see that you're going to be in trouble very, very soon? And the grasshopper said, ah, ants. Some of you work so hard 
and you don't seem to be enjoying yourselves. Me? I'm working, too, and I'm most definitely enjoying myself. I'll help you out if you like. I'll fiddle for you while you work around, but but I'll worry about putting things aside later. It's too nice a day to work like you work. And the grasshopper sat back and fiddled some more. Well, the fall came in eventually, all the leaves turning colors and falling off the trees, and the birds were packing up their nests and getting their luggage and getting ready to leave town, and the grasshopper fiddled for them as they left. And the frogs were getting ready to wallow down into the mud and go into hibernation fairly soon, and the grasshopper fiddled for them. All the animals who were leaving to go to warmer climes, the grasshopper fiddled as they packed. Those who were going to stay and were preparing themselves for the winter, he fiddled for them. And as he was fiddling and fiddling and fiddling, he heard, Ha! 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 You're going to be in trouble really soon. You are going to be in so much trouble. Don't you realize... The winter is almost here, and you have done nothing. It's not true, said the grasshopper. I have worked up some beautiful music. I have played my heart out. I have given so many concerts. I think I've done a lot. Nothing useful. I think I was doing some useful things. I don't think you are. Well, you you can think what you like. And uh, I know you've got a lot of work to do because you're an ant. Tell you what, I'll fiddle for you. And the grasshopper began to fiddle. Well, this went on. Of course you know what happened. A morning came when the grasshopper woke up. It was freezing. So cold and the wind whistled past him. And and, and thin flakes of snow began to fall. And and he bit into a blade of grass. It was old and withered and dead. There was nothing to eat. He was so cold, his fiddle didn't even work. He walked across the landscape, trying to find some place to hide, his belly going (laughs) empty and grumbling. And then he tripped over a little pile of snow, and he cleared it away, and underneath he found an ant hole. And he knocked upon the door. And a little ant opened it up. He had a big mug of hot chocolate and a Hawaiian shirt. He said, oh, it's you. I remember you. You're that grasshopper who spent all summer and all spring and all fall playing. Well, look at you now. Look at you now. Hmm. The grasshopper said, could you spare something, anything, a little, I'm freezing. Could, could you spare something? Well, I don't know if I can spare something. I'll have to ask. And he closed the door. The grasshopper waited, and eventually several other ants came. They took the grasshopper underneath the ground, and there... The queen was waiting for him. She said, I've been hearing about you all year. In the spring, when we were working, you were playing that silly fiddle. And in the summer, when we were working, you were still playing that silly fiddle. And in the fall, while we worked, you were playing that silly fiddle. Well, now we are at our leisure, and you will work for us. And all the ants began to cheer. And so the grasshopper worked in the kitchens preparing meals, and he waited at the tables, and he brought food out to everybody. And one night, in the silence after everyone had eaten, the grasshopper began to play his fiddle. And the music livened up the anthill. Some of them listened 
Some of them danced. Some of his tunes were catchy. Some of them were sad. It got so that they asked him to play almost all the time. And he obliged he played for anyone who wanted to hear him. He went into the nurseries and played for the little ant babies. He played in the great hall. He played for everyone until the day the ants escorted him up and opened the ant hill and spring was in the air. As he was leaving, one of the ants said, Will you come back next year? Next winter, will you play for us again? And the grasshopper grinned and he said, Oh, you can count on it. And that is the story of the grasshopper and the ants. Thank you for listening to the Story Story Podcast. Show notes and more information about the storytellers you heard today can be found at storystorypodcast.com forward slash episode 43. Show the love. Find Nora Dooley, Danielle Ballone, and Donna Washington on Facebook and the internet. Tell them you heard them on the podcast and now want to hear them tell more stories. You can find them through their websites or find links at storystorypodcast.com. In fairy tales, the magic number is three, so I have three things for you to do. One, like and rate the show on iTunes. It helps others find the podcast. Two, join the mailing list. You will get a link to the podcast delivered to your inbox, plus news and other storytelling-related goodness. Three, consider becoming a supporter. For as little as $4 a month, the cost of a bottle of fancy soda or pop, whichever way you say it, you can help support the podcast and get access to a story story short. The short for this episode is by Julie Moss and is titled Longevity. You can find out how to support the podcast and join the mailing list at storystorypodcast.com and a thank you as big as the star that rises in the east to those who are donating. If you would like to stay connected, you can find me and the podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Story Story Podcast or Rachel Ann Harding. Please come say hello. Check out the ads for the fairy tale sponsors and let me know the favorite story you have heard or the favorite stories of your childhood. Who knows? Maybe you'll hear them here soon. Next episode is about the cost of going to and returning from the great beyond. I hope you'll join me again. And until then, live happily ever after. The wedding lasted for seven days. I know. I was there. I would cross 27 countries, wear out three pairs of boots, battle two giants, and the grandmother of all witches, Baba Yaga, before I was reunited with my frog princess. But that's a story for another time. The last thing he said before he died was a curse on anyone who would dare to go sing with the fairies. Just because a story is strange, do not mistake. It can also be true. episode is the new book, Pauper to Prince, by the Marquis de Carabas. Discover the story of a man, the man, different article, 
Get it together, Harding.